This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Some noteworthy stuff going around the NFL, but none more important for the Steelers than I think the news about the salary cap for the next mm-hmm. season. It'll be twenty two hundred twenty four point eight million dollars per team in twenty twenty three. That's up from two hundred eight point two million dollars per club this year. It's also a massive jump from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty three. Well, wasn't 20- that the only year that it did it went, it went down. down because of COVID? Mm-hmm. In twenty twenty one, it was one hundred eighty two point five million. So just two years later, we're up to two hundred twenty four point eight million dollars, and that's good news for your Pittsburgh Steelers because they're not likely to franchise any of their current players, and it looks like they're going to have some pretty decent amount of money to play with, regardless of the cap space going up this offseason, with it being increased uh, by the amount that it is almost, if you look at it, $16 million. That's just another win for the Pittsburgh Steelers Mm -hmm. right there, and a win for the league in general to have revenue bounce back like that after having to take that dip in 2021, like you said. I think it was like the first time it went down in like 15 years, yes. maybe 20 years, something like that. So but it's exploded in its yes. rebound since. And good for, the, as you said, good for the league to rebound, but also good for the Steelers to be in a position where everyone's kind of, not everyone is criticizing, but it's been pointed out a lot that they have this highest paid defense in the league and it's not playing as the number one defense in the league. So they have room to grow on both offense and defense and they have they have the money to help that growth uh, actually happen. Yes, and they're in the phase right now with their team where you can exploit the biggest market inefficiency in all of football, which is quarterback on a rookie deal. Exactly. If you can get a quarterback on a rookie deal to get up to speed enough to where you have two, three years of an open window of winning time with him on that deal, it is just so helpful as I mean, far as surrounding him with the appropriate amount of talent to elevate his youth status to becoming a Super Bowl contender. You could say even if Kenny Pickett doesn't take off as the next Mahomes or Allen or in that tier, that, oh, well, it shouldn't be a big deal, right? Because if they win a couple of playoff games with Kenny, but it's not the reason, he's not the reason they're doing so, he won't be deserving of a huge contract. Can I point your attention to Daniel Jones and the New yeah, York Giants? Yeah, that's the other thing. What? And again, you'd have to kind of take it with a grain of salt because that would mean that Kenny is not right, exactly. Right? But, but still, he'd Daniel be much Jones, more affordable for you. But also, Daniel Jones is expected to get a big contract because he he's leading that team to the playoffs. Not as big though as some of those. No, but it's ones. so it's a significantly larger number. Right, than, but I don't think it really hinders the Giants' ability to team build as much as it will well, the Bengals in a year right. whenever they oh, open up the bank for Joe Burrow. I mean, they're already—the Bengals have a ton of cap space right now, but you kind of have to earmark, like, $45 million of that for Joe. And, of course, none of that will matter next year with Burrow. They're, they're going to—I bet you—prediction time. Ooh. I bet you the Bengals get a contract done with Joe this offseason. The cap hit won't take into effect until 2024, though. They'll still have him on a really minimal cap hit. They'll probably get him paid up this coming year with a signing bonus, as always is the case with these deals. But I bet you that they try to lock this guy up this year. You don't don't really want to enter into that purgatory area, right, where it's like, do we franchise him? He's not really a... He's kind of a free agent now. Like I think they want to get a deal done with him while he's still firmly under contract for at least another year. So my prediction is that Burrow gets his big payday coming this offseason. Um, 
But he with the Ste- it. with the Ste- yeah, yeah, of course he deserves it. But with the Ste- but that changes things with the with the Bengals now. Again, right. not for 2023 because it'll be the same rookie cap hit, but 2024, 2025, 2026, you're going to have to be a lot smarter with your money. And the Steelers don't have to face that crossroads until at least four years. You figure you pick up the fifth year option on Kenny's deal. Uh, that's a long time to not have to pay the most expensive position in the league. You got to take advantage of that. And even though, like you were saying, you have the most expensive defense in football, don't be afraid to splash some of this extra money around on that side of the ball. Don't be afla- afraid to maybe splash some money at a wide receiver three. Don't be afraid to splash some money at a left tackle that finds his way on the open market because now's the time where you can splash that money around. Mm-hmm. If Kenny becomes who you think he's going to be, if Kenny becomes better than who you think he's going to be, money's going to become tight again for the next 15 years, just like it was with number seven. Yeah, I would like that to be the case. I don't think, again, we just touched on this in a previous episode. We don't believe the team is looking at themselves in the mirror and thinking, okay, this is good enough to win, right? It's good enough to win nine games, maybe contend for a wild card. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, the standard is the standard, but the standard has changed and that bar has been lowered. I think you have to kind of put that into perspective. When uh, the Steelers were at their highest at their offensive production with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger, you were complaining then about the standard being lowered. The team has changed. The the the, the players have changed. The coaching staff has changed. Uh, <clears throat> the 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 overall outlook on a given season has changed. Ben Roethlisberger was not the same guy that he was pre-elbow surgery and versus post-elbow surgery. Are you really going to be that upset that this team with a rookie quarterback for the first time playing, uh, uh, a, a team playing with a rookie quarterback for the first time in 18 years or in 19 years uh, came within one game or one week out of missing the playoffs and you finished that season 7-2, and two, you're really going to tell us that the bar has really been lowered that much? Sure, they haven't won a playoff game in six years. However, you expect this team to have higher expectations for themselves given the, the success of the way this past season has ended. And I do believe that they're not going to just stay stagnant in free agency this year and, and build up you know, unnecessary cap space that they're not going to go out there and spend themselves. I expect them to make changes for the better. I mean, of course you do. It's just the the nature of uh, if you want to win in this mm-hmm. league, you ha- you have to be proactive. You and that's can't what just I was saying. Sit is back that... on your heels and hope that things break and hope that players get better that you already have. Even if you're frustrated with the standard possibly changing, I I can see why, and I I'm with you on that frustration of of zero playoff wins in the last six years, the longest in franchise history. But I don't think that record is or that streak is going to last much longer. And I, I believe the team is going to do something to change that. Other quarterback news, the Aaron Rodgers, you know, I don't want to call it a sweepstakes just yet because I don't think it's official that they're going to move on from him, Green Bay. But the way that you're kind of reading the tea leaves, it, there's reporting that the Packers are as open as they ever have been before to moving on from Aaron Rodgers. It's not just a... Well, you know, past couple years, Rodgers has decided he might not want to be here and we'll accommodate him because what choice do we have? He's kind of got us held hostage. Now there's reports that 
you know, their sentiment in that organization is kind of shifting towards not, you know, we'll pack your bags and drive you to the airport. But look, dude, it's been like three years now where you've done this crap in the offseason. And last year it was the worst it's ever been. Will he, won't he? And then we end up giving you $50 million to play for us. And if you come back this year, we're going to give you $52 million to play for mm-hmm. us. And you're still doing the, uh, I don't know if I have the right environment around me here. We'll have to see mm-hmm. this. Might have, I'm going to make sure I walk off the field with Randall Cobb after the Lions beat us in the last game of the year so people get that that picture of us. And, oh, is this the last time that these two Warriors leave Lambeau Field together? The Packers are a little bit fed up, I think, with it and are open more than ever to moving on yeah. from him, especially with the King's ransom that it's rumored that they're going to get for him. I mean, you've heard the Jets oh, willing man. to possibly trade two first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I would look into if I were the Packers to do because, Jacob, the thing is, yeah, you won't be good enough next year to compete for really anything, I don't think, if you're the Packers, especially with the Vikings probably still being pretty decent and the Lions getting a lot better in that division. But it's not like you're stuck at the complete basement floor if you trade Rodgers. You get those two first-round picks, you get all that capital, and I think you're pretty comfortable at least starting Jordan Love next season as your quarterback, at least to see what happens for one season. So... Maybe he's bad and you get to pick in the top 10 next year and you get your next quarterback. Or maybe he's pretty good and you get to use those first-round picks elsewhere. But, like, they're not in this spot where it's like, well, if we don't bring back Rodgers, we're completely screwed. They didn't even make the playoffs this year with him. They haven't made it to the Super Bowl with him since 2011. I just think with all of the headaches that he causes off the field and all of his drama off the field, he might have done it a little too many times and now the Packers are going to finally be fed up. I don't know a, a franchise that wouldn't be fed up with the way Aaron Rodgers has Especially conducted. when you don't win us anything for right. over 10 years. Right. Like, it's not like you just got us a Lombardi five years ago. Then maybe we start to bend or the knee a little bit. Or even got there. Yeah, right. He's been there one time. Mahomes has been there three times as much as Aaron Rodgers has in his first five years of playing NFL football. I mean, again, Rodgers is an all-time great, but... You cannot ignore his Super Bowl even appearance drought. Mm -hmm. And like you were just going there, if you're the Packers, the leverage has got to be running out. Like there's only so many times you can say, I'm the greatest quarterback to ever play and you need me here because you always have a chance to win with me. That's true, but you haven't actually won for us since 2011. And this year, by the way, you didn't give us a chance to win because you were awful early in the mm-hmm. season, especially in that first Lions game where you threw, what, two red zone interceptions? Right. You were a reason why we didn't make the playoffs just as much as you were a reason why we rallied late to potentially get into the playoffs. So I think this year, if there's ever going to be one, is the breaking point for the Packers. They can get out of all that money. They can get draft capital. And and how many more years is Rodgers going to be around anyway in general he's 39 years old and he hasn't gotten to a super bowl in over 10 years who's to say when he turns 40 he's going to just magically start going to super bowls again i i think now is the time for green bay to get out from him yeah they they have every ability or every right to get out for i mean and the biggest key is teams foaming at the mouth for him like that's the big thing it's not just like he's overpaid and no one wants him because he's a cancer to the locker room no, it's the opposite. The Jets want him desperately. They're, I'm sure there's other suitors that want him desperately. Uh, strike while that iron's hot. Strike while the desperation's there. And maybe have a team like the Jets pay you in first-round draft capital 
to have Aaron Rodgers lose to Josh Allen in the divisional round next year. Right. I I don't see why, especially with a team like New York, a team with so much money to spend, you wouldn't just take that phone call immediately and just say, yeah, what do you want? It's going to be a lot, but I know you're, I know you're going to be willing to pay. I know you're willing to pay because you're desperate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take advantage of a desperate situation. If, say, that hypothetical plays out, the Jets get Aaron Rodgers. Does that make them a Super Bowl contender to you? No. Because, I think it makes them a playoff contender for sure. But, like, I don't see them being better than the Chiefs next year or the exactly. Bengals or the Bills Or the even. Bills, yeah. So, yeah. They'll be in playoff contention for sure. Yeah, they'll probably make a wild they card. They may even be in contention to sneak that division away from the from the Bills. Yes, it would be a tough out in the playoffs, no question. But I don't think anybody would make see that move and just go, oh, the Jets are, are the favorite in the AFC. Right, I, I think of, at the best, they'd be fourth right around where the Chargers are. Right? And I think, too, we've learned, you and I and everybody else collectively have kind of learned our lesson from the Russell Wilson situation in Denver. When Russell Wilson went to Denver, a lot of people were saying, oh, that's it. The AFC is too good. Yeah, I thought. How are you going to win with Denver now having a quarterback? I think we both had Denver as wild card teams at the beginning. Yeah, of the we year. did. A lot of people did. How are you going to do that? How is the AFC going to unfold with a Mahomes, a Burrow, an Allen, a Wilson, uh, a Trevor Lawrence, maybe a, a Justin Herbert, all Lamar Jackson, all these guys? And you fold or you add Russell Wilson into that fold. I think now seeing how poorly the Broncos did, and maybe. And I I brought up the Broncos just because of the obvious Russell Wilson comparison, but you have to consider who's the coach now or who's the who's the play caller now in New York, Nathaniel Hackett. A lot of uh, favorable memories between Hackett and Rodgers. A lot of people are saying that they brought in Hackett as kind of like as like that bait, kind of like let's bring kind of like DeAndre Jordan whenever uh, the was the Clippers wanted to grab DeAndre Jordan on their team, so they had. They signed him and they brought in Blake Griffin and all that. Like mm. he was a key piece to that. And remember, they held him hostage at his house or something. Like they all something went to like Doc Rivers' yeah. house. Like they're bringing in Hackett to try to attract Aaron Rodgers. It, it seems to me that for the first time, because in all this drama last year, I always thought he was just going to end up in Green Bay. I think I'm actually leaning towards him being in gang green colors next year and being. I don't a New know York if Jet. it's. I don't know if it's going to be in New York. That seems to be the most likely destination. Yeah, I just think it's going to be in New York. But it could be. It could be Vegas too. I mean, consider the if you want to dangle Nathaniel Hackett in New York, Vegas could easily dangle Devontae Adams and say we don't have a quarterback either. It's pretty obvious that our quarterback is not going to be here for much longer. I don't think Rogers thinks like this because he's. A Hall of Famer in his mind, and he's won a Super Bowl, so I don't think he worries about who other quarterbacks are around him. But like, if you're a quarterback free agent, the path is the NFC. NFC, you gotta yeah. go to the NFC. Absolutely. Like, why would you want to come to the AFC right AFC, now? AFC, and especially if you join either division, if you join the AFC East via the Jets, you're gonna be battling Allen. with Tua and Allen. Tua, we'll see. But, but, but Allen a team for overall, sure. Miami. And then Allen, of course, is the Goliath there. But if you join the West, if you go to Vegas and team up with Josh McDaniels and Devontae Adams, you have, you have again, you have the lesser opponent in Justin Herbert and the Chargers, but someone who will still be doing their best to make it to the playoffs. And then you have the Goliath and Patrick Mahomes. So yeah. there's no easy way. There's no easy route. All four divisions, I mean, maybe you could say in, in the South. 
But he's not going to go to any of those teams, right? No, and I mean, I think the South has their heir apparent. I think Trevor is going to be a real problem in that division for Yeah, a while. I think it's an equal. I think each division has the a guy, the guy at the top right now. I but I think the South more so it's 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 an equal amount of yeah, Trevor's the best quarterback, but it's also because the other three teams are so bad. But we'll see cuz Trevor I think is going to get better next year. Yeah, so we'll see. It, it's going to be tough for anybody in uh, those divisions to take out those top four quarterbacks. They're clearly a cut above, I think. Yeah. Everybody I mean, else. you come to the, the north. The closest gap is Herbert and Mahomes, and it's still Herbert's pretty just wide. Not there. Well, it's still, mentally, Herbert's just not where where Mahomes right. is right and now. And skill wise, I just don't. You just don't see Herbert. Doing- <laughs> Skill wise, I love. I know you really love to compliment Herbert. It his, takes more than just skill, zip though. On, the zip on his ball. Mahomes but, knows how to use his skill right. better than anybody, and else. he knows how to win games on one foot. I mean, yeah, it's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. Probably. I, I know we were kind of doing the Burrow thing on this show last week, and I think everybody kind of got caught up in the Burrow hype. But like, it is unarguable now who the king is in the NFL until next year, if. Burrow Mahomes round five. Well, that's next year, Burrow, Jacob. We Burrow this wins. is how this job yeah, works. Right. We live in a very present state of mind, and what I say right now is fact until I change the fact yeah, two sure. weeks later. Keeping with the quarterbacks, uh 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy suffered a torn UCL in the loss to the Eagles. Very familiar with that injury here in Pittsburgh. It's happened to big Ben Roethlisberger. Tough to see that break happen for that kid. We'll get more into that game itself. Uh, in the next episode that we do. But what I want to go here with this is it's about a six-month recovery time for Brock Purdy. Jimmy G's a free agent. Trey Lance still on the roster. Who starts week one for the San Francisco 49ers next year? Is it Purdy? Is it Lance? Or is it somebody not on the roster right now? I think it's it's going to be one of those two. I think Jimmy it's going to be— Jimmy G won't be on the team. Yeah, I think Jimmy G's done. Jimmy G's it. gone. Smiling on the sidelines like he was. Yeah, but I don't I don't like that. I, I disagree with that narrative oh, that people are Alan trying Fanica to Alan Fanica was calling him out. I saw Alan Fanica call him out, but I You want to like, go against Alan Fanica? The guy, Be the my guy, guest. The guy stuck around for Trey Lance to go down and him to get the start. And they were going to I mean, you you could say we never know, like Brock Purdy is the reason they won all ten final games or something like that, but it's very easily conceivable that if Jimmy G is in there, they also win 10 games to end the season. They also beat Seattle in the first round of the playoffs. They also beat Dallas in the second round of the playoffs. Like, I don't I don't see that really changing just because it's a different guy, especially if it's one less than, as in Brock Purdy compared to Jimmy G. But, you know what I mean? Like, Jimmy G went all out to win with the Niners this year and was doing so until he... His season was ended, so I don't I don't like that. You know, oh, I'm smiling, but I'm not gonna help out. I, I thought that was dumb. Anyways, Jimmy G is gone. Yeah, he's gone. I think you gotta go. I think you gotta go, Purdy. I think Purdy's gonna start too, and Lance is gonna be breathing down his neck though. Yeah, and... right. Until Purdy, you know, turns into that pumpkin that everyone has been just waiting for him to do so, which he might have in that game against the Eagles. I don't know but, if you could say that but, because it was. Uh, I think he could have, but he got hurt, so we'll never know. Well, the circumstances, too. I mean, how does Kyle Shanahan not challenge the Devontae Smith touchdown? Oh, I don't even care about that. How does Kyle Shanahan not put anybody but a tight end on Hassan right. Reddick to block? Right. Like, that's why I think Purdy was going to get in but trouble I just, a lot. I'm just saying, like, game circumstances, you know, one thing, the butterfly effect, right? One play happens, changes the entire rest of the course of that game. So, 
that Devontae Smith touchdown is ruled a touchdown. I mean, the butterfly effect that changed the course of the game was his UCL exploding. Right. With Purdy getting hurt. If Purdy plays, it's a closer game than it was. Josh Johnson was just... Yeah, <laughs> He's right. helpless out there. It felt bad right. for the guy, honestly. But I'm saying, like, that butterfly effect as in, like, maybe that's not a touchdown. Maybe the Niners get the ball back. Maybe they're not trying to gunsling it, you know, as much as they were just already behind 7 nothing that early. You don't. I mean, that's that's what I was going for. And finally, some Pro Bowl roster machinations happening because players have qualified for the Super Bowl that were going to the Pro Bowl, so they have pulled out. Uh, in the AFC side of things, you know, our, our trio of starters were Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, the big three when it comes to the AFC right. quarterback play. Um, Allen has already decided to pull out. Mahomes obviously needs a replacement because he's playing in the Super Bowl. Trevor Lawrence replaced Patrick Mahomes. That makes a lot of sense to you, right? Yeah, for sure. I like Trevor in that role. Tyler Huntley replaced Josh I mean, Allen. Come on. That just has to be that no one else wanted to go, right? right. Like, it's, where's Herbert? Right? Where's Kenny? Where's Carr? Where's Kenny? Where's anybody but Tyler Huntley? It has to be just mm-hmm. because he did not want to go. Like, Herbert said no. No, everyone said Everybody said ha- no. It, it, I, I can't wrap my head around him being the fifth alternate. On merit alone. so In the AFC. In the AFC. So, I mean, someone had to have said, you know what, I'm just going to... I mean, even Russell Wilson maybe deserves to go more than Tyler Huntley deserved to go for the Ravens. So that was a a headline that I read today, you know, just perusing NFL.com, and I was like, what? I was like, it said in the article, Lawrence Huntley replaced Allen Mahomes in Pro Bowl. What Huntley? This can't be the Huntley that I'm thinking of. It's a different position, right? It's not. It can't be Tyler Huntley. Sure enough, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pro Bowl. Uh, are you interested in watching it at all? The flag football version of it that they're going to have I'll this probably, year. I'll probably like if it's on. But are you only watching like, it because I'm, it's flag football and it's like, what is this about? Like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to watch it. It's going to pop up on Twitter somewhere, and I'll watch like the. The 30 to 45 second clip of whatever I see on my timeline, and that's what I'll watch. Yes, agreed. Um, but I, I still think that they're going to get an influx of viewers because of how different it's going to look. Like, I will turn it on on Sunday and be like, well, how are they going to do this with flags? You know what I mean? Like, how is this, how is this going to look out? And another huge thing with it, Jacob, you got to let the personalities come out and carry mm-hmm. the game. Right. You know, like, let's get goofy. You know what's a big problem? We don't have Kelsey's. Yeah, zero. Kelsey's are always a great time. For sure. Both of them are playing in the Super Bowl. Well, that's now. why people are pointing out that it's the Kelsey Bowl. I love. Do you like the Reed Bowl or the Kelsey Bowl? It's it's more so the Reed Bowl. That's the one that matters more. What? Yeah. For like, sure. Absolutely. I like how Andy Travis. Reed could never get it done in Philly. And if he loses to Philly. Or if he whoo! beats them again, that's just a nail in the coffin to kind of like the middle finger. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think it's the Andy Reid Bowl for sure. I Kelsey's like how tra- a fun one. I like how Travis I mean, it's said a big deal. at the end of the game against the uh, Bengals in his post game, he said, uh, my mom can't lose. And that's all I'm going to put it at there. It's a big it's deal. Beautiful. It's the first time two brothers have ever faced each other in the Super Bowl as players. But as coaches, but as the coaches, Niners and the Ravens, the Harbaugh there Bowl. You go. Yes, that's right. We did have a Harbaugh Bowl just a few years back. Hopefully never again. We'd never need to see two Harbaugh's. I don't need that to see sign, that either Harbaugh anywhere near that that level. 
When we come back, we'll get into our AFC-NFC Championship game recaps, our full in-depth preview of what went down on Conference Championship game weekend, and maybe a little bit of a peek ahead at the Super Bowl as well. That's all on the way. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Opperman, and this is the Steelers Standard.